If you've been following the news recently, you've probably seen headlines involving Nexium, a modern-day cult that took its female members and turned them into sex slaves. Today, we begin our three-part series on Nexium by covering the early life and successes of the cult's founder, Keith Raniere. We'll discuss how he rose to a position of power, who he manipulated, and how he laid the groundwork for his ESP business, which would turn out to be a front for sex trafficking. I'm Mike. I'm Ian. And I'm Dave. If you thought Nexium was just the latest acid reflux pill, stick around. It actually is, and you might need a prescription after hearing this noxious narrative. This is Necronomapod. He will spend $5 million against a person to punish him for no good reason. He enjoys hurting people. This is a pattern. Just think about Tony Mattel. She was the original pioneer of the defectors. She was the only one out there fighting long before anybody else came out to fight. And she did all these years by herself. When Keith and I finally split up, the uh, last thing he said to me was, I will see you dead or in jail. And I thought that was a really horrible thing to say to someone at the time. But I had no idea what my future held. So, Ian, I understand you're uh, employing a new a new product tonight, maybe to help along with the with the show. Yeah, I understand you're using a new tea that's named after one of Mike's college nicknames. <laughs> I am. What's it called? It's called Throat Coat. Oh, that's right, <laughs> Throat Coat. I almost had a, a patent on that, <laughs> but you know, lazy. What are you gonna do? That's right. Is it tasty? How's it working so far? Uh, no, it doesn't taste great. No? No, but if it can cut out me having to edit out my uh, clearing my throat every two yeah, seconds. Your, and your voice sounds really velvety so far. I think it's working good. Good. People are going to be falling asleep listening to this one. <laughs> As composed to all those girls that use Mike's products who are like... <laughs> <laughs> and then I would just look at them and go, your throat has been coated. And I'd walk out. <laughs> candy cup. yeah i do like to drink tea a lot but this one's it's it's kind of thick it's uh it's not like normal tea mm. i guess that makes sense if it's made to just help like coat your throat and lubricate it it's not a great name either i feel like they could have came up with a better name <laughs> I, I wholeheartedly disagree my friend <laughs> it's a fantastic name <laughs> what's your go-to tea uh just regular uh, red rose okay what about you dave if you're drinking like a warm tea like a black spice kind of mm. deal. Yeah. I have some green tea, too. We got a bunch of tea. I do like green tea. I like chai tea as well. Mm -hmm. It's almost like a dessert, though. Chamomile, maybe? It's been a while. I got to start drinking more tea. It's good. It's the fall. It's tea yeah. weather. You should put that as a new goal for yourself through the end of the year. No, no, no. I've had my goal. You guys need your goals now. <laughs> we talked about this last week. Oh. I'm, a, I'm Mike the Goal Setter now. It's my new nickname. New and improved. <laughs> I accomplished no goals this week, just so you know. Well, I haven't either. Okay. Yeah, I accomplished no goals. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I had nothing on my list. So. <laughs> my goal for the week was to not get COVID, so I guess I, I accomplished that. That's about all I did. We're a very motivating group here. Oh, yeah. What did you guys accomplish this week? Nothing. No, no nothing. We all failed. 
I did I did a, a day a President Clinton intro for the episode on YouTube this this past week. That's right. And I, I think had some fun with that. We should probably plug that so everyone knows to go listen to it. And moving forward, yeah. we're going to try to make sure that our all episodes that we have are going to be uploaded on YouTube, you know, so that all the trolls on there can have their fun. <laughs> but I think we're going to have, uh, you know, hope to have a, a guest one of our friends of the show introduce each episode yeah, special that's my plan. for YouTube yeah, sure. uh, every, every week. So Dave's in charge of kind of booking them and getting them in to the studio. Yeah. But so yeah, go check us out. It's at, uh, what is it? YouTube.com slash Necronomapod. We got the, uh, the special intro and, and last week's show, Salem witch trials, which we got good feedback on. Yeah. People seem to like it. Yeah. Um, download the podcast too, though. Don't fuck up our downloads guys. Yeah. Don't just, don't be a piece of shit and just go listen on YouTube. <laughs> Actually download <laughs> trying to pay some bills. So we went from one of the oldest stories we've ever covered with Salem witch trials to the probably most current story in back to back weeks. It's a good point. I hadn't looked at it like that. Yeah. I just thought of that right now because yeah. this is what literally in the news as of yesterday. Correct. So we're going to have, what, a couple weeks on this now, or three, a few weeks. Multi-part. You like yeah. those? I like those multi-part ones. They sure. get pretty in-depth with the information. Nice and juicy. Yeah. Yeah. So, Ian, tell us a little bit about this fun little cult. So before we get into the story of Nexium, I wanted to point out something for the research, because this is such a new story. There isn't really a definitive set of information pilot, like, compiled together. There's some stuff out there that's really sensationalized. And a lot of the information comes from ex-members and women that had had um, relationships with Keith Ranieri, specifically his ex, Tony Natale, that wrote the book, um, The Program, Inside the Mind of Keith Ranieri and the Rise and Fall of Nexium. Have you read this book, Ian? No, I have not. Have you watched Square One? <laughs> <laughs> I repeat, no, I have not. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have not. I watched... So, I've watched, um, I've watched a bunch of interviews with her. There is a news organization, the Times Union, that did a lot of stuff about Nexium. There's a guy named Frank Pilato that kind of made it his mission to expose Keith Ranieri that had been reporting on him for years. Like, since I think he, the first time he reported on him was back in 2003. So kind of like the equivalent um, of our buddy Tony with Scientology. It, exact same guy. Okay. I would say a little more personal, like really had it out for Keith Ranieri. Okay. And in Tony's case with Scientology, who do you go after? You know, like personal, like it's just such a big conglomerate and all these powerful, you know, he just has to attack the whole cult. Hard to get to the top on that one. Yeah. And then I watched The Vow on HBO, which was really good. We'll definitely talk about that in part two. Okay. And then, so any haters out there listening, Ian just cited his motherfucking sources. So don't question us. <laughs> and I watched the first two episodes of uh, Seduced. I watched that one. That was pretty interesting. Yeah. Episode three comes out Sunday. Yeah, I think that's right. What is that on? Seduced? Stars. Know. Stars. Yeah, that's okay. right. And the vow was HBO. Got it. But like the book Road to Jonestown wasn't written until 2017. And I've feel like this is going to be a similar situation like it's probably not going to take as long to write something like road to jonestown that compiled like a really thorough account of details about everybody's life like everybody that was involved had you know there was a lot of information about their lives in there but i would assume like in five to ten years that's when we get a really full 
absolute understanding of everybody's involvement in this and and some of the key players because like a woman we're going to talk about the next couple weeks nancy salzman we're going to talk about her in this episode there is not a lot about her out there on the internet like almost nothing about her Mm. her life she's a she'll be a pretty big role in the story yeah i mean she's keith ranieri's right hand woman and there's just not much about out about her, you know, but I feel like eventually, you know, like I said, in five to 10 years, we'll get a really full understanding of this story. Maybe you'll write the definitive book on it. How about that? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that'd be He's cool. Like, yeah, maybe. See, there's Ian's goal. <laughs> we just set a goal for it. Like, that was easy. Ian's going to write the book on Nexium. Why not? Who's better than you? Come on. You can do it. <laughs> so with that, let's jump into Nexium. Keith Ranieri was born in Brooklyn, New York on August 26, 1960, to Father James, who was a New York advertiser, and Mother Vera, who was a ballroom dancing instructor. There isn't a ton out there about Keith's childhood, at least not a very detailed one like other people we've talked about in the past. Keith later on in life described his mother as an alcoholic. Years later, his father would say that Vera wasn't an alcoholic, but, quote, drank more than she should have. That describes three people I know. We've all been there. (laughs) (laughs) When Keith was five years old, his family relocated from Brooklyn to Suffern, New York. For elementary schooling, he attended a private Waldorf school. At around age seven, his parents, sensing that he could be gifted intellectually, they had Keith's IQ tested. Keith was considered gifted, and about the results of the test, Keith's father said, quote, What we did is we told Keith about how gifted and how intelligent he was. And he said it was almost like a switch went off. And suddenly overnight, he turned into like Jesus Christ and that he was superior and better than everybody like he was a deity. He said it was that dramatic and that profound. He said it went straight to his head. It's kind of like Ian. Remember, Mike, when he got that first fucking iTunes review? He's all around. I'm the king of podcasts. (laughs) (laughs) It reminds me of, I think we've talked about it on this show because it's my favorite episode of South Park where Cartman learns about Tourette's and learns that if he just pretends he has Tourette's, he can get away with swearing. And when he first hears about this, it's like, I got a golden ticket. <laughs> I wish I had that golden ticket when I was a kid. That's awesome. Yeah. At age eight, Keith's parents got a divorce and Keith and his mother moved into a house on their own. Keith's mother had a heart condition and mixed with Keith's claims that she was an alcoholic, Keith would eventually become more of a caretaker of hers than her taking care of him. Well, he's he's Jesus now, so he could do that. No problem. It's true. (laughs) His words in between his parents getting a divorce and his mother's health decline. According to a classmate, Keith started showing signs of things that we're going to be talking about as we get into him forming Nexium. One classmate who would only go on record as L.M. recalled an incident in which she had accidentally shared some, quote, compromising information about one of her sisters in front of Keith, who at the time was around 10 years old. According to her recollection, Keith had told her, quote, you know, it's like I have this little bottle of poison I can hold over your head. I just don't think your parents or your sister would be very happy if I told them. Guy's a little punk ass bitch at 10 years old already. Yeah. yeah, like what kind of kid thinks that Man. way? That's sadistically. I smacked the shit out of this kid. Yeah, right. <laughs> if he said something like that to to one of my kids, get the fuck out of here. She claims Keith, quote, would call me sometimes and say little bottles, little bottles. LM also said that this taunting by Keith only stopped when her mother 
called Keith's mother to intervene. Mm. Sign of things to come here on this one. Oh, yeah, for sure. Manipulating women? Yeah. Well, that's the end of that. <laughs> Luckily, he grew out of that. Luckily. Keith then moved on to public school, and in junior high, at age 13, he displayed another behavior that we are going to be talking about the next couple weeks. According to Barbara Boucher, who Keith would later have a relationship with, Keith's father shared stories with her about Keith's childhood. Barbara went on record with one of these stories about Keith at 13 years old, saying, quote, Dozens of young girls were calling the house, and Keith's mother was overhearing his conversations with them where he was telling every single girl the same thing. I love you. You're the special one. You're important. You are the only one in my life, and I love you. And she says he's saying this to all these girls. He's clearly lying because all of them aren't special. Sounds like Mike in college, right? <laughs> oh, baby, you're the only one. Eight seconds later. Hey, your Uber's here. I didn't know I was fucking John Travolta there for a minute. <laughs> Keith attended Suffern High School for ninth grade before transferring to Rockland Country Day School in Congers, New York. After transferring to Rockland at age 16, his mother passed away. He went on to graduate in June 1978, two months prior to his 18th birthday. So that's what I mean. We kind of yada yada through his childhood because there isn't a ton. And what little is out there, for the most part, is from him. So clearly that was his idea. I'm sure he scrubbed a lot of whatever you could trying to look up into his background. Yeah, I mean, really, you have two quotes. You have a quote from a classmate of his back in elementary school, and you have a quote from Barbara Boucher about yeah, him. that's pretty light. With, yeah. Who was it that we just covered? Probably was all the cult leaders. Um, it wasn't Billy Meyer. Wasn't it? Was it another cult leader that was like just giving out this information about himself? And like, as we're going through the notes, we're like, yes, yeah, so that was a lie. And this was a lie. And it wasn't, um, which one to call it from Scientology, was it? Like the Solar Temple fellas? Was it the Solar Temple guys? Like, um, as we were going through this story, we were just like, he claimed this about himself. That was never fucking proven true. He claimed this about himself. Oh, Billy Meyer did that too, though. Yeah. I feel like yeah. this was further back, mm. though. I mean, Elron is the king that's, of that. Well, okay, that's yeah. what I, maybe I'm thinking Elron. Where he, like, traveled to the, to the, the, the east east asia and did all these amazing yeah things it and, was yeah, yeah like just stuff he claimed about his life and mm-hmm. we're like okay so that was a fucking lie yeah well oh, you Keith watch near has that too we're gonna get into that in, well, in part two he yeah. definitely has a there's a lot of parallels between him well, and elron i think we're gonna mm-hmm. get into that in some of this episode as well well mike you watch the scientology channel all the time so i really probably, you've probably seen the elron bullshit all well, the time i mean you guys were mocking <laughs> it but i've actually seen like i i believe most of that stuff now <laughs> It works. I got rid of my direct TV. So there's no more worries about oh, that. Oh man. It was just, it was very entertaining to me. <laughs> the entire channel, which is like a paid infomercial for Scientology, but they would hardly ever say the word Scientology. Mm. Uh, um, it's real good, man. So anyways, yeah, sounds great. I'm, I'm a level six member. now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like the high level of ketosis or whatever the fuck you need. Ketosis. <laughs> In 1982, Keith graduated from the Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute with a degree in biology. He also claims to have degrees in math and physics and to have minored in philosophy and psychology. None of this can be verified besides the degree in biology and the fact that he graduated with a 2.26 GPA. Oh, sounds like a genius. That was verified because I saw that on one of those documentaries. They, they had his, uh, his transcripts. 
yeah exactly the gpa is verified and the biology degree is is verified everything else that he claims about his schooling is bullshit yeah In 1984, while attending a theater group in Troy, New York, Keith, now at the age of 24, met 15-year-old Gina Melita. Keith pursued her, and the two started dating. The two of them dating led to Keith having sex with Gina, but this wasn't a very long relationship. Through Gina, Keith met another 15-year-old girl named Gina Hutchinson. It appears he has a type. (laughs) So two 15-year-old Ginas. (laughs) Okay. All right, Keith. You're 24, you fucking weirdo. Yeah. I see where this is going. Keith became sexually active with Gina Hutchinson. See, I knew where it was going. I told you. (laughs) (laughs) One night, Hutchinson's older sister, Heidi, found Keith climbing into Gina's bedroom window and confronted them. Keith told her that Gina was, quote, a Buddhist goddess meant to be with him. Gina Hutchinson dropped out of school and continued her relationship with Keith working at his company, Consumers Byline, that we're going to get into in a bit here. 15 years old. Tell your parents, I'm dropping out of school to go work for my 24-year-old boyfriend. Yeah. Does she even have a work (laughs) permit? Come on. (laughs) Yeah. We're going to see, starting with these two 15-year-old girls, that there are are some parallels to David Berg from Children of God, too, with the underage girls. That's a name I... Wished we never had a David talk about again. Yeah. What a... That guy was a loon, man. Yeah. Whew. Children of God, we still get people commenting on about our shows on it, though. Available in the archives. Check it out. But what's not available is the long-lost first episode. We really got to stop talking about it because so many people ask. <laughs> you will never will, get. You will never it, get. It will 100% <laughs> never be released. It will not. I assure you. There is no dollar amount. We will have a Patreon level where Dave comes and massages your feet uh, while he feeds you grapes, man or woman, uh, before we have a level that gives you the Children of God episode. Okay. I like grapes. Well, you feed them grapes. Oh, I can have one, too. Well, that's up to them. They're the paying customer. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can have one, too. It's not fair. Hungry. <laughs> yeah, what was that? Last month I went back and listened to that, like, the complete unedited, like, wasn't even touched version of that. And <laughs> that was a mistake. It was It was interesting. I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine? That would have been one of our first three episodes we ever released. Yeah, and it would have been the last, We too. would be obsolete. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, we don't know how to fucking podcast. We're just talking. We don't know what we're doing. And then you listen back to it like, oh, I don't think you can say that. (laughs) And if you could say that, you definitely can't say that. Around the time of these relationships with underage girls, Keith started working at the multi-level marketing company Amway. Heidi Hutchinson later recalled that Keith was fascinated with how Amway, Scientology, and neuro-linguistic programming worked. I bet he was, fucko. Shortly after he started working at Amway, Keith started to hold gatherings at his townhouse in Clifton Park, New York. At these gatherings, there were these were largely attended by young women, and Keith would talk about starting his own company that mirrored the MLM structure and blended those ideas with philosophical talks about the human potential movement. The human potential movement has been defined as figuring out how to unlock people's unused abilities and how it can be used for positive change in the world. All right. Now, that's something I can get behind. Sounds good, right? Sign me up. Around this time, Keith took another IQ test. In June 1988, Keith took the Mega Society IQ test and got 46 out of 48 questions right, putting him at an IQ level of 178. Dave took that test, got 47 out of 48, so 
Boom. Suck on that, Keith. <laughs> kind of name's Keith anyways. <laughs> With a boasting that he had a higher IQ than Einstein, Keith's gatherings to discuss MLM ideas mixed with the human potential movement took a different turn. These young women now hung on every word Keith said about how much potential they had and how much they could achieve if they listened to his ideas. Basically, it's like, okay, this guy's smarter than Einstein, and he's telling me how smart and how much potential I have. Oh, Keith, thank you. So brilliant. Hey, keep in mind, Keith, like, I don't like to really judge people on their looks too much, but he is a, is a fucking nerd. I got to look this guy it, up. He's, he's kind of nerdy. You seen a picture of him? No. He, yeah, he's super short. I don't want to disparage people's height either, but he's extremely short, and he just looks like a fucking nerd. Yeah. He's not ugly. Like, he could be a good-looking nerd, I guess. Like, he almost has, like, a Matthew Broderick look to him. No, he's not Look ugly. at a picture of him. Look at him, a picture of like, him playing volleyball, and then tell me how that guy was banging Allison Dave, Mack. And, like that's, yeah, it's a... Uh, yeah. I mean, he's not, you know... Oh, that's a bad one. What is it? Volleyball? Yeah, type in volleyball next to him and tell me how that guy was banging. Okay, but if I'm doing this, I'm then going to Google the Top Gun volleyball scene so I can get that in my head. Because I, knew, that's I knew what was coming. One of the greatest scene. cinematic scenes of I all time. I knew that was coming. You had to mention <laughs> volleyball. Here we go. See, your head went straight to it, too, then, clearly. I, I just know how your mind works. Dude, this guy. <laughs> oh, I can't get this picture to, um, like, come in clear. <laughs> With his white socks and his white shoes and his Those knee New pads. Balance? I, probably. Nice. Ian, have you seen the one with his knee pads and his white? Oh, my God. They're Velcro. Oh, yeah, this is dude. great. Ian, I gotta, I'm got i going to send you this one. Holy so crap. So I know we're right, getting yeah. like ahead of this stuff, but there is a scene because they filmed. We'll turn and talk about this in part two, but they filmed everything that they did. There are a ton of <laughs> clips in the vow of him playing volleyball. And that's where he first met Allison Mack or yeah, when she first met him and she's just like, just completely like starstruck to meet him smitten. And you know that those two eventually bang and it's like, how is this guy pulling this off? Right. You see those shorts and those socks and those <laughs> shoes. That's how he pulled and it off. The knee pads. <laughs> it's, it's a great photo. So regarding this, this IQ test, what, Keith failed to mention is that the mega IQ test has largely been criticized due to the fact that it's an untimed test and you can do it at home. Being able to say that he had an IQ of 178 wasn't enough for Keith and soon he was claiming to have an IQ of 240. <laughs> <laughs> I would assume he has, a, I mean, I think he's highly intelligent. I think he's a very intelligent man, but I, I don't think he has a 178 IQ. Well, I, I don't I, think it goes up to 240, does it? Uh, Is that an accurate scale? That feels a lot higher <laughs> that than I've ever high heard. To me. I have an IQ of 460. <laughs> Maybe that's the mega IQ <laughs> test. Mega IQ. Dave, I got a big brain. Mega IQ. This IQ, it's so high, like our simple minds can't understand can't under, right. this IQ level. Yeah. So is this IQ test like the one George Costanza took home when he's doing it like on the bed and he has a lane take it for him? Because that was like a take it. home IQ test. <laughs> That's a great episode. I mean, the you know, from back then to now, I mean, take home tests take on a whole different meaning, don't they? You can just Google everything. Everything now. You, like, yeah. you could you used to be able to do that. Hey, can our next trivia show for Patreon be a take home test? Yeah, sure. sure Perfect. Sure. 
well, with with him claiming this 240 IQ, somehow Keith was able to get himself listed in the Australian 1989 edition of the Guinness Book of World Records as having the world's highest IQ. Well, I mean, I've done that. It's Australia. It's not that high of a bar. (laughs) So uh, how do they have their own edition? Like it's the world records. Mike, it's a different scale. Okay. Okay. Let's not talk about it. Okay. <laughs> it's like literally, literally just like who can drink the most Fosters, who can lift the most Fosters cases, who can run with the most Fosters in their hands, quickest knockout of a kangaroo, who can recite every line of uh, what's the fucking movie with the animal guy? Crocodile Dundee. Yeah, Crocodile Dundee. Who can recite the lines the quickest? That's not a knife. This is a knife. Yeah. See, you might win world record See? for best impersonation. I told you I was in there. You should move there, Dave. You'd be king of Australia. <laughs> you can just go there and tell them, hey, you guys have a king, right? <laughs> no, it's me. Fetch me a foster. Change peasant. the plans. <laughs> and I want a kangaroo burger. I wonder if that's any good. Probably. Sure. Why not, right? Somebody will let us know. Absolutely. Some spread some, vet. was it, Vegemite on there? I want to try. I've never had it. Me neither. You can get it on Amazon. Give Australia's branch of the Guinness book of world records or however that works give them a little bit of credit they this only appeared in literally just this issue i think they figured out like hey hey, that's not even fucking possible for this guy to have an iq that high (laughs) he he was never included again after that it after that edition is somebody proofread like who is this fucking jerk off australia's (laughs) guinness book of world records made the real guinness book of world records for being the stupidest book of all time Local newspapers in in the Albany, New York area ran with the story that they had a genius living in the area. And Keith was able to manipulate his way into the Guinness Book of World Records and the media attention he got locally. This gave him validation to all of these young women that were showing up to listen to him talk in his townhome. It also made people not question his claims that he would make that he spoke in full sentences when he was one years old. <laughs> was a, <laughs> come on who doesn't we're, do that we're, seriously you know, we're, we're getting to Elron territory <laughs> here yeah, yeah we are <laughs> was a world judo champ at 11 taught himself high school math in 19 hours when he was 12 and by 13 he learned three years of college math and several computer languages he's smarter than you and he can kick your ass whiz kid By 1990, Keith had started his own MLM company called Consumers Byline. It was promised to deliver big discounts on household products and financial incentives for members to recruit more people. I like I was watching a video of him like doing like selling this stuff to people and he was drawing it on a paper and it was literally like he was drawing the pyramid around stuff. <laughs> it reminded me exactly of the office when when Jim and Michael or Michael showing everybody about this new thing he signed up for. And he's like, they're phone, they are they par- phone cards. They're like phone yeah, cards it, or something. And like they're telling it's a pyramid scheme. And J- he's like, how, how do you see that? And then Jim walks up and just draws a pyramid around everything. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what Keith Ranieri is doing in this video. It's hilarious. <laughs> a woman named Tony Natale and her husband, Rusty, attended one of Keith's CBI seminars at a Holiday Inn in Rochester, New York. The first thing that Tony said she noticed was that Keith was short and her husband said he, quote, looked like a geek. But after Keith started talking, Tony was falling for the pitch. 
with only one reservation about Keith left. Tony went up to him after the seminar and asked him, so like, if you have an IQ of 240, why aren't you out curing cancer or something? And Keith replied, I'm going to use this and change the world. And with that, Tony and Rusty were hooked and started selling CBI memberships. She's like, oh, yeah, good answer. OK, it makes sense. Sure. <laughs> I, I approve. Yeah. It's the same By reason the Ernest Angley is not working at a hospital curing cancer, right? <laughs> right. Heal. <laughs> cancer gone. <laughs> By the summer of 1991, Tony and Rusty were so successful in selling CBI memberships, Keith rewarded them with the title of top regional sales and a $16,000 bonus. Tony and Rusty were invited to go to the CBI headquarters in Clifton Park, New York, to see how everything worked. Tony recalled it being a really wow type experience that when inside, everyone was hard at work using computers which at the time, back in what, we're in 1991, offices that were filled with computers were a little rare. That's one thing that she pointed out. And genuinely, everyone seemed to be happy to be working there. She also was impressed by the fact that the majority of employees working there were women, and that Keith didn't mind if women had to bring their children into work if needed. Pretty progressive guy, right? Woke company. Yeah. One in particular that Tony was surprised by was a 12-year-old girl that Keith would tutor in algebra. Like, she was very shocked to see that a high-level CEO would take the time out of his day to help the girl with her schoolwork. That's not suspicious at all. (laughs) Right? Not even a little bit. (laughs) He's a giver, Dave. Yeah. Well, Tony didn't know that only a few years earlier, Keith had been in a sexual relationship with two 15-year-old girls, but now he had lowered that age to 12 years old. Oh, man. It's pretty vile. In court, yeah, that's, I mean, 15 is vile, but yeah. 12 is. That's a whole nother level. Yeah. In court documents from his trial from just recently, at the time Tony met the girl, Keith had already been raping her for a full year. <laughs> Keith gained the trust of the girl's mother by offering to tutor her in algebra and Latin and then, quote, taught her to hug the way adults do pelvis to pelvis and took the girl's virginity. So was he 30-something, 31? What do we say, 91 this was? Yeah. If anyone ever tried to hug me and do a pelvis-to-pelvis hug, (laughs) I'd do a fist-to-face hug. Is that right? Yeah. You don't like the pelvis-to-pelvis? Drop a motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) Well, just because it's COVID time, right? Of course. You like the pelvis. Social distance. Yeah, of course. No no hugging shall be had, period. (laughs) Never, Not even pelvis-to-pelvis. I mean, you shouldn't even be... Doesn't matter what kind of hugging. He's six feet away. Say hello, Mike. Exactly. Good to see you. And I'll say good day, fine sir. <laughs> but they'll sound muffled because we'll obviously have our masks on. Obviously, we should do a mask show on these shows and show how easy it is to wear a mask and do a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Be great. After Tony returned home, she would spend hours on the phone talking to Keith. Tony's husband wasn't threatened by Keith because, in his mind, he's like, "Okay, this guy's." Like the super short nerd. Like, what do I have to fear with this guy? But what Keith had going for him the most was that he listened. He listened to Tony's feelings like no one had ever before and would remember the smallest things that she told him. This is a key tactic used by cult leaders. Like we've talked about how these guys do this, especially Jim Jones. Like when we talked back in that series, he had, you know, almost a thousand people at Jonestown and he would be able to single someone out by name and address their personal issues from memory. Make them feel special. 
Exactly. Hey, Jane, has that genital wart cleared up yet? She's checking in on you. <laughs> Let me know if I can help. Yeah. Keith had Tony's full trust, and soon she confided in him about her insecurities about how she dropped out of high school, and that her and Rusty hadn't had sex in almost two years, and that she had been sexually abused when she was four years old. Keith took on all the feelings that Tony was sharing with him and told her that she had emotional intelligence that so many people lacked. Like she didn't, it didn't matter that she didn't graduate from high school. She had this emotional intelligence. And for that reason, he needed her to move to Albany, New York to work for CBI full time and help him change the world. Some con artist 101 going on here. Hopefully this guy's going to make a good cult leader one day. (laughs) (laughs) Also, no sex in two years. Not even titty fucking Mike. Nothing. I don't know. Rusty still wasn't worried though. This dweeb wasn't going to do anything. Apparently. Honestly, if I saw that picture with the volleyball outfit, I'd think the same thing. Like, oh, you ain't got to worry about this guy. You know, we got to worry about this guy. Tony initially turned down the offer, but when Rusty's business went under, she asked Keith for a loan to help. Keith told her that he couldn't authorize loans unless she met with his business manager in person, which was really just Keith's way of getting Tony to the CBI headquarters alone. When Tony arrived to Keith's townhouse, she immediately found it odd that he still lived with his ex-girlfriend, Karen Unterreiner, and two other women, Pam Kafritz and Kristen Keefe. So Keith's living with three ladies? Keith yep. and three ladies? Mm-hmm. Their combined age Ed. was 27. Yeah. <laughs> it takes them to middle school yeah. in the morning. Yeah, and these these women, we're, we'll talk about them in, in, throughout this, especially in part two. They were devoted followers of his way back, way back in these days. And, you know, Pam K. Fritz, she was there. She died. She ended up she she ends up getting cancer and passing away. But she she was a full believer through all everything with him Mm -hmm. until her death. After seeing Keith's townhouse and meeting his roommates, Keith took Tony to meet his business manager, George Weiss but didn't sign off on the loan. Instead, he offered Tony a full-time position at a new skincare business he was hoping to add to CBI. This job would start out at more than enough to pay off Rusty's debt. The only thing was is that she would have to relocate and work in the Clifton Park area. And he is really working hard to get this lady up there. Which is odd because she's like triple the age that he usually goes for. Mm. He's pulling everything out here. And that's the thing we're going to find out about him. Like he has, he's living with these three women He's having sex with all of these those women. We're you know, we're gonna find that out. This guy is like he goes above Jim Jones level, where mm. he's literally he's fucking everybody. So yeah, it's odd that he is just so persistent on trying to yeah. get this woman to to be with him all, all at the same time. Ian, I give him credit. You know, it's it's not easy being a pussy hound. <laughs> I've lived that life, man. It's exhausting. <laughs> I bet it is. Tell you what. I'll tell you what. Hashtag no days off. (laughs) (laughs) Tony was tempted, but she wasn't sure if she would be able to just relocate like that, like just uproot her family and, you know, leave her friends behind stuff and just move. Keith went back to her hotel with her. And once there, Keith dove into all the things that Tony had confided in him. asking her over and over again to tell him the story of how she was sexually abused as a child. She said that she couldn't even recall how much time had passed. Like it had to have been multiple hours, but she just felt like she zoned, like whatever he was doing, like she like zoned out 
like just into his eyes she said like like almost like he was hypnotizing her just going into this stuff mm. nonstop. and finally she broke down crying once exhausted and crying keith told her he knew he could help her get through all of that pain she just needed to take the job and move to clifton park over the next five months tony worked for cbi full-time and would accompany keith to seminars pitching the services according to tony one afternoon on one of these trips Keith kissed her and told her that he was in love with her. Wow. Tony, I love you. <laughs> Almost as much as Dungeons and Dragons. We, that, we'll have to post that photo sometime this week. Of him. That, that might be a good teaser photo. That, that's a great teaser photo. Stay tuned this weekend to find out what this pussy hound's up to. <laughs> Get in line, ladies. We'll be right back. Is there something interfering with your happiness? Something keeping you from achieving your 2020 goals? Let's face it, these are certainly trying times. From being cooped up inside your home to wondering how you're going to pay next month's bills, we're all experiencing some form of stress or strain on our mental health. And for that, BetterHelp is here for us. BetterHelp is an online mental health provider that will assess your needs and match you up with your own licensed professional therapist. The best part? No waiting rooms. That's a pretty big deal if you're as impatient as I am. BetterHelp is a safe and private online environment that will have you communicating with a counselor within the first 24 hours. And once you've begun, you can send your counselor a message at any time, always getting a helpful response in a timely manner. You even have the ability to schedule weekly video or phone sessions, all from the comfort of your very own couch. BetterHelp is available worldwide and has a broad range of expertise available, including licensed professional counselors who specialize in depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, sleeping, trauma, anger, family conflict, LGBT matters, grief, and self-esteem. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they're currently recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. Not happy with your counselor? No worries. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches and makes it easy and free to change counselors if needed. Remember, everything you share with your BetterHelp counselor is completely confidential. And while it's not a crisis line, it is a convenient, professional, and affordable way to seek the help you deserve. Financial aid is even offered to those who qualify. Want to hear how BetterHelp assisted people just like you? Check out the testimonials posted daily on their site. Look, we here at Necronomapod want you to start living a happier life. So, as a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting BetterHelp.com Necro. Join over 1 million people already taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's BetterHelp, better H-E-L-P, dot com, slash Necro. In mid-1992, Tony left her husband, and Kristen Keefe helped her find a house in the neighborhood of Keith's townhouse. Kristen found her a house that was within walking distance to Keith, and the first night Tony moved in, her and Keith had sex for the first time. All right. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Take my breath away, Berlin. It's a good tune. Is that from Top Again, Gun? Again, Top Gun. All right. <laughs> <laughs> That's always the song that comes in my head when like there's just random sex scenes. Boy, Kelly McGillis was so freaking hot in that movie. Mm-mm-mm. She really was. That's a good role. That's a great movie. I saw that in the theater. Did you? Yeah. I came out the year I was born. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ian was not alive, I don't think. <laughs> I think it was 86, wasn't it? I believe it was, yeah. Did the, when's this new one come out? 
Did it get delayed because of COVID? Yeah, yeah. But they were done shooting it, right? Are they just waiting to have like a big theatrical release? Mm-hmm. Might be waiting for a long time. Might be. Just put it on Netflix, everyone. Do the right thing. <laughs> put it on Netflix <laughs> today. Okay. The next day in the parking lot of CBI before work, Tony leaned over to give Keith a kiss and he quickly pulled away. He told her that he couldn't be seen to have a romantic relationship with her because people would think that that was the only reason that she got the job. She was a high school dropout and wasn't qualified to work there. Oh, man. After she after he moved her all the way up there, it's going to go with that. Yeah, all of a sudden, this yeah. guy gets morals. Wow. I, we're, I think we're, we'll see that this kind of stuff is a tactic with him is like is build people up and then make sure that he doesn't let that high go very long and cut them back down. Literally had her change her life, turn her life upside down for him. And he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold up a second. Mm-hmm. Yo, yo. Keep him on a yo, yo. Exactly. I have that tattoo to my tricep. <laughs> On May 21st, 1992, the Albany Times Union put out an article saying that CBI was a pyramid scheme. The article detailed how CBI was being investigated in New York and Maine and had already been sued by the Arkansas Attorney General. In response, Keith put out a five-minute recorded message to all CBI employees calling the Times Union liars and the Arkansas Attorney General vindictive. According to Tony, Keith was becoming extremely paranoid, saying the government was opening his mail and tapping into his phone lines. He also started to let himself into Tony's house whenever he wanted and demanding that they have sex. I think someone needs to send Keith the cult leader 101 manual. Yeah. You're not supposed to get paranoid till the end <laughs> when all shit's like all hellfire is raining down. Is he on doing you. it backwards? This is way too early, Pally. <laughs> if you're paranoid now, just wait. Like it doesn't get easier. We did fucking 106 parts on Jonestown. Jim Jones wasn't paranoid until he got coked up at the end. He was a good guy early on. Yeah. Doing all kinds of shit. It wasn't until works. about like yeah. the 100th episode where he got, you know, c- coked up. That's a really good point, Mike. This guy, we're four pages in. Hmm. Come on, Keith. Fucking Keith. You're, what you're kind of name is that? Keith. <laughs> Jesus. No one could. You guys couldn't see this coming a mile away at this point. You're going to follow. Who are you following? Keith. <laughs> Fuck out of here. <laughs> and him coming in there and demanding that they have sex. Like it wasn't. Um, it wasn't something that Tony was always willing to do. And according to a lawsuit that she would file against Keith later on. That he just he would just flat out rape her if she didn't want to. Hmm. So he was um, not great behavior. I'm starting to think he's not a really good guy. Yeah, I'm coming to that conclusion <laughs> myself, Mike. <laughs> I mean, between the raping of the 12 year olds and the 15 year olds, and now this woman who she, he made leave her husband, not a good dude. After months of this going on, Tony had enough and broke up with him. Keith refused to accept this and got Tony back by agreeing to acknowledge their relationship in public and agreeing that the two of them move into the same house. So Keith bought a house for Tony, her son, and him to live in. He's coming around, then. Huh? Right. Settle down. Yeah. You can't break up with me. I do not accept that. <laughs> now. By 1997, CBI had been shut down by an avalanche of lawsuits from various states, employees claiming to have not been paid, and other claims against it being a pyramid scheme. I was watching um, a news report from back then where he was supposed to hold like this, this kind of like town hall type thing for all the employees of CBI. Yeah. And, like a lot of people that had never even met him before. 
and he just straight up never showed up to it and everybody was like there was like 300 people there waiting for him to talk and he just straight up never showed up not surprising <laughs> but, but he's the boss so what are you gonna do yeah. like all cult leaders and people like this keith reinvented himself and him and tony started a new company that was very successful selling nutritional supplements and from the outside things appeared to be perfect but on the inside, Keith refused to do anything around the house and required Tony to do everything. He also demanded that they have sex at least once a day. And like we just talked about a little bit ago, when she didn't want to, he would rape her. Hmm. Selling nutritional supplements, huh? That's like what all those sassy girls you went to high school with are doing now. I see it on Facebook. I'm looking for five people who want to make $10,000 a week working just one hour every day. <laughs> There's the other one, too, that all those girls do. Um, I see a lot of girls that I went to high school with, too, at that LuLaRue, um, like the leggings company. Really? Same kind of thing? Yeah, hustling uh, <laughs> leggings out there. Is this what I'm missing by not being on Facebook? Oh, you're missing all the good stuff. Oh, it's the worst piece of shit in the world. <laughs> Meanwhile, here we are begging for, uh, well, at least I'm begging for a Blue Chew thing. I want to sell some supplements. They won't even fucking acknowledge our existence. Those work, though. Sure. Well, we don't know if they'd send so us I've some. Heard they were. Fucking take one on there, and then we do the Casey Anthony episode, and everyone <laughs> have fun. <laughs> Actually, Blue Chew, Blue Chew need not apply for that episode. <laughs> not necessary. <laughs> not needed. It's unnatural. <laughs> Save it for Jody Arias or something. Somebody who needs it. <laughs> <laughs> Also in 1997, Tony met Nancy Salzman who came to the supplement business looking for something to help with constipation. Wait, this whole story happened because Nancy couldn't take a shit. <laughs> All of yep. this, this whole thing. Yeah. It's amazing how things come together like that, right? If Nancy would have been eating some she probiotics could, she and her poop. yogurt, she'd have been regular. This never, the whole thing would have never Nancy happened. couldn't poop. <laughs> Sex trafficking. Yeah. We'll see you guys next week. <laughs> Crazy. After the supplements worked, Nancy wanted to return the favor, if she could, to Tony and Keith. Nancy claimed that she was the number two neuro-linguistic programming expert in the world. I am number two neuro-linguistic <laughs> programming in the entire world. Great success. <laughs> and she was also a psychiatrist. With no one to talk to about Keith's behavior, Tony agreed to a session and took up Nancy on the offer. It's one thing I learned in life. It's never get any advice from someone who can't poop. Is that right? <laughs> My travels have taught me that. You think their backup poop affects their their thought process or their ability to form good arguments to give you advice? Yeah. And also they can't figure out sit down, squat and push. Come on. <laughs> Fuck out of here. <laughs> Constipation's about as real as hypnosis. Jesus. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I know people have constipation issues. Need a squatty potty. Maybe that's the thing. Because yeah. we do, we don't, isn't it the thing? Like you don't poop in a natural position, right? Yeah, you need a squatty potty. Yeah. If only they'd sponsor us. Yeah. yeah. We'd use them on the show. I don't think they need to. I think it's the highest, uh, <laughs> most successful Shark Tank product ever. Did it come they from like Shark Tank? $100 million. Really? Crazy. Yeah. Did they all bite on it or did, did someone pass? And are they kicking themselves? Yeah, a lot of people did. Lori bought it. Lori went in with him. I don't know. You said it like I watched that show. Oh, I love Shark Tank. I always I watch it all the time. I like that show too. Yeah, it's great. They had Mark Cuban on. That's the only thing I know. Right? He was on yeah. once. Oh, he's always on. He's a regular. Oh, I thought they like switch out who's like the. the he, he's always. He's been on for years. Long time. 
I like Mark Cuban. Good. Yeah. He's probably good for ratings. Yeah. yeah. He's good on there. He hardly ever buys anything. He just like, he'll just give people invite advice yeah. on stuff. He just likes to hang out and be a good guy. I like when he, like the science people come in with things that have not been evaluated by actual science and he berates them as, as trying to sell nonsense. <laughs> Those are great. I wonder what his thoughts on constipation are. <laughs> tweet, Anyways. tweet him, ask him. So Nancy couldn't poop. At their first session, after hearing what Tony had to say about Keith, she said that Keith sounded like he could be diagnosed as a psychopath, and the two of them should start couples therapy with her. Or she should get the fuck away from him and never look back. At their second session, Nancy had changed her opinion, and she said that the problems were actually coming from Tony. Nancy said that Tony suffered intimacy issues due to the sexual abuse that she suffered as a child. The thing was, though, Tony never told Nancy about the sexual abuse. Oh, busted. It is assumed that Keith had scheduled his own session with Nancy and did what he did to Tony and just listened to Nancy. Nancy was current at the time. Nancy was going through a divorce because her husband was leaving her for another man. It is also assumed that during this meeting, Keith learned that all of Nancy's claims about her credentials weren't true. Wow, he flipped the tables on her. The old flipperoo. One con artist spotting another con artist. Nancy was not a psychiatrist. She was actually only trained in hypnosis and neuro-linguistic programming, which is considered to be a pseudoscience by the scientific community. Not the hypnosis, Mike. That is not a pseudoscience. No, it's a bullshit science. (laughs) As voted by anybody ever. Is that right? And Teen People magazine. (laughs) Speaking of con artists, though... That reminded me of like bullshitting and cons artists catching a con artist. You like the movie American Hustle? Eh, it's all I, right. I loved it. And almost everyone I talked to says they, they thought it was okay. I thought it was okay. I will. I, it's one of my favorite movies. That's the one that was kind of loosely based around ab scam, right? That I believe thing. so. Like, yeah, I, yeah, that's yeah. an interesting story. I don't know that I love that movie. I thought it was so good. Christian Bale is just amazing in everything he does, I think. Is that where he had the like the bald balding wig? Yeah, yeah. And he gained like fifty pounds yeah, for the yeah, role, or yeah. maybe even a hundred pounds. He's always great. But you uh, compare him in that to like the Machinist, where he was what he was down to under a hundred pounds. Was not that, mm. that movie where he got really really? Yeah, he thin? went on a can of tuna and an apple yeah. a day diet for. And then you months. see this movie, and he's just like a yeah. know, fat little yeah. chubber. That's probably good for your body. Imagine if we can afford like the dietitians to to do that for us have our bodies do that in like a healthy way i guess he's a method actor though yeah. i respect it it's not easy he's the next robert de niro i don't disagree with that have you heard those remember those old clips of him that they when he was yelling at the yeah the cinematographer or whatever yeah. <laughs> oh good for you <laughs> those are great a, takes his craft very seriously yeah, yeah but de niro's kind of an odd guy too like in real life like i've seen interviews with him where he's just very uncomfortable and will like lecture the person interviewing him on how yeah. he feels like yeah, he's, he's being different. attacked. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, just people like that are, they have their own little world. It works though. They're doing something right. Yeah. So with, with Nancy being trained in hypnosis in the, in the neuro linguistic programming, it's not completely clear if she was self-taught in those fields or not. The only thing that is confirmed is that she was a licensed nurse. It has been suggested that Keith gave Nancy comfort in her issues with her divorce. And now that he knew that 
she was full of shit, he could expose her to her corporate clients that she worked with like American Express. Because that is the one thing about Nancy Salzman is back then, this neuro-linguistic programming was very popular for corporate America because it's, it's real driven in how you talk to people and, and you can ease them mm-hmm. by how you speak to them. And she was able to con herself up to the point where she had tons of high, high level corporate contacts that would hire her to do this work mm. for them. Maybe she should have kept it that. Then she wouldn't be going to prison for yeah. racketeering. Yeah. <laughs> oh, spoiler alert. Jeez. <laughs> we want people to tune in for the next seven and a half weeks. <laughs> I, I will say that I've watched a few of those documentaries. I watched that. I started watching that one on stars and these two just come off to me as con artists. I don't know. Like, do some people not, they can't easily spot con artists? They're con artists. You can tell by the way they talk. I guess some isn't, people... Isn't that like the, the, the art of con, being a con artist is that you prey on the people that will be easily manipulated? I guess, but isn't part of it being able to do it while not displaying? But you also, not, you're, you know what you're watching and it's kind of after the fact, yeah, too. Yeah, I suppose. It just seems you know, so I get what you're saying in plain yeah. sight to me when I watch videos of them speaking. It's ridiculous. We're not going to watch abducted in plain sight. So don't even bring that shit up again because <laughs> that fucking documentary is its own breed of crazy. Hey, when you need a helping hand, Mike, you need a helping hand. <laughs> I just love the gift of that guy sitting there with his arms out like, what are you going to do? <laughs> get me started on that again. I fucking lost it last time. Oh, those... those memes are so funny you know the thing too about this with this being such a new thing is there, there's the documentaries and then there's tons of interviews out there with with ex-members and stuff so you you get to see more of ex-members with this than any other cult and well because they're all everybody... still alive right <laughs> yeah that's yeah. a good that's a good aspect of it too <laughs> Or most of them, anyway. <laughs> yeah. So, but everybody has the same kind of the the same exact thing. It's like I was going through a really hard time in my life, whether it be divorce or I was looking for something more, just mm-hmm. you know, financial issues, different things. Just, it's always people that just life is not going good for them, and then they end up wandering into something like this. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, good con artists can spot people and their weaknesses and, and manipulate that. So in February of 1998, Keith and Nancy decided to start a business together, Executive Success Programs. ESP would be a self-help program with an MLM business model. Instead of members selling discounts on household items, they now sold the self-help program based on Nancy's neuro-linguistic programming. Nothing was getting better in Keith and Tony's relationship, and in February 1999, after an argument about a shrunken sweater, Tony broke up with Keith for good. How she tells it is he was just like irate about the fact that she shrunk one of his sweaters, and she was like, you know what, I've been dealing with your bullshit now for years, I'm done. That That is a man that I could see being very upset with one of his sweaters being shrunk. How small would that sweater have to have been <laughs> to be shrunk for That's him? baby gap clothes <laughs> yeah, at that point, right? right? <laughs> It's now a kid size. <laughs> hey, whose baby gap sweater is this? Not mine. <laughs> Keith responded by literally destroying Tony's life with a barrage of lawsuits and threatening behavior, like making sure that she knew he was watching her and like he could get to her anytime that he wanted. 
Keith would also make Tony a known enemy of ESP and later on Nexium. So straight out of the Scientology playbook, right? Yeah, and I actually, you know, we're, we'll talk about it in part two with where he ends up getting money from. I think he's more vicious than Scientology with the the legal stuff. Wow. I think he goes for the jugular and just will not stop. I think we get into it in some of this episode, too, here in just a bit with going after Tony. Keith hired private investigators to follow Tony and keep tabs on her. He had future ESP members break into her house just to mess with things like unmake her bed just to let her know that she wasn't safe. At one point, her dog got very sick, and years later, through Kristen Keefe, she found out that Keith had someone poison her dog. All right. We just upset a whole new realm of people (laughs) now that you brought the dog into this. Look, you can follow me around town, and you can unmake my bed. You can cut off my balls. But if you poison my dog, you're going in the ground. You're done. That is a bridge too far. And just get into some of the, like, what he did to this woman. Their business ties from the failed supplement company allowed Keith and his close associates to contest Tony's personal bankruptcy on various grounds, keeping her bankruptcy case tied up for eight years and four months before it was discharged. Jesus. It's a long time. That's what I'm saying. He just kept he would just keep filing these motions for eight fucking years Mm. when her mother declared bankruptcy after trying to help. Tony with her legal bills, a Nexium follower purchased a small debt, like how a debt collector would purchase a debt. Yeah. And it ended up being an unsuccessful attempt, but they attempted to intervene in that bankruptcy, not allowing that to go through. At one point, Keith sought to block Tony's bankruptcy protection because she didn't originally declare ownership of a painting of her son by famous Rochester artist Ramon Santiago which the artist had provided as a gift years before. God, this guy's pulling out all the stops here. Mm. We're just in part one. Yeah, man, that's that's crazy. In 2011, when Keith sought to have Tony deposed in a different bankruptcy case, she filed her statement with the court on her own because she was so broke she couldn't find an attorney to represent her pro bono. In 2014, Tony was charged with felony computer trespassing after Keith provided state police with what would turn out years later to be false evidence that appeared to show that she and other critics of Keith accessed the Nexium internal website and downloaded a member list using credentials of a former member. That's that same shit Scientology did to the lady that wrote the book. Yep. Remember that? No, I don't, of course, but (laughs) sounds sounds like something they would do. Where they forged up some evidence that she, uh, I don't even remember what it was, but a similar thing and got her charged with felonies for like breaking into their office or something. Is that what it was? Something crazy. Yeah, I can't remember exactly what it was off the top of my head. Like felony charges. I'm a Scientologist now, so I I don't. Federal charges, if I remember. Yeah, they had her facing like a very, very long time in prison. This guy's a fucking prick. Hey, side note. Ian hasn't been coughing. I guess that throat coat has been working all night. (laughs) It has been. It's been coating his throat real well. (laughs) I like it. Regarding that 2014 felony computer case, Tony and another critic received an adjournment in contemplation of dismissal, which was a legal agreement allowing for a charge to be dismissed after defendant stays out of trouble for a period of time. Mm. So it wasn't like she was just acquitted of this stuff. She had it hanging over her head that if she got in any type of trouble, this was going to come back at her. Yeah, that sounds like presumed guilt. So, yeah. Keith then filed a civil case against Tony and others related to the computer trespassing trial. 
and this was dismissed because it was outside the statute of limitations. In Washington court, Keith sued Tony for the ownership of two telecommunications patents belonging to a defunct company controlled by her, which dated back to their time as a couple and business partners, which he tied her up in court forever over that. Damn. In 2018, with all these constant battles with Keith and just kind of living this life of when am I going to get served with, with new legal action, it left her struggling with, with effects of PTSD. And she said, quote, I live by the premise that it's going to come. It's just when is it going to come? Because until he's dead or in jail, this is what my life is. It's an awful way to live. That's horrible. Can you imagine that? And in the intro for this, I used a clip of her talking and she said when she officially broke up with Keith, he said, I will either see you dead or see you in jail. Psycho. It's a cocky little man. Mm -hmm. Napoleon syndrome for sure, right? Oh, for sure. Small dick energy probably also. <laughs> for sure, small small sweater energy, right? Yeah, baby gaps. We know. He's definitely a small sweater energy. <laughs> He's like, what's his face from Scientology? The guy who runs it now. Um, Not Laron Hubbard. Miscavige. Yeah, David Miscavige. David, Scadge- David Miscavige is like five foot four. Yeah, little guys. It's like Tom Cruise and Top Gun, Mike. <laughs> guys, I can't sit here and let you disparage the good name of Scientology anymore. <laughs> I'm actually going to, we're going to have to have those episodes removed from our feed. Is that, is that right? Yeah. <laughs> For my own. I need to hire ketosis. So I need you guys to remove those. Ketosis. Even though Keith was doing all this to Tony, I mean, this started like right away as soon as she broke up with him. And he continued to do this up until his eventual arrest in 2018. Back in 1999, he had already moved on to having a sexual relationship with Nancy. Regarding their new business, Executive Success Programs, Keith and Nancy would claim that ESP would be able to help actors and actresses accomplish Oscar-winning performances athletes medal in the olympics and just general business success <laughs> those are lofty goals mike are they not <laughs> <laughs> goals is goals dave <laughs> i said it once i said it a thousand times on this show if you misheard that then that's on you their plan was to use nancy's links to corporate clients like american express to get customers but the two quickly found out that executives did not want anything to do with ESP and specifically with Keith because when they looked into his background and they saw all the shit that he got into with consumers byline, they're like, yeah, we don't want any part of this guy. Yeah, of course. Keith pivoted to selling ESP to everyday people, specifically vulnerable people that were going through hard times in their lives and looking for answers and help in turning things around. Keith and Nancy would charge up to $7,500 for courses in ESP that lasted between 5 and 16 days. The first thing students of ESP would learn is that they were to refer to Keith as Vanguard and Nancy as Prefect. And that is where we will pick up on part two. Wow. It's a good intro to this story. Kind of laying the groundwork for what a piece of shit this guy is already. That was a pretty good part one, I think. That was pretty interesting. Yeah, and I hate the guy already. Oh, absolutely. Probably small little hands and his weird <laughs> knee pads that he wears playing volleyball. He probably can't even serve. He hits the net when he's trying to serve. Oh, can you imagine? For sure. Can you imagine him trying to spike a ball? <laughs> it's, again, like Seinfeld, George trying to jump in those uh, those new shoes. That little guy can't even reach the net, let alone the top of the net. Oh, cute little fella. 
I know. I the whole time I watched the vow, every time they would cut to a scene of the volleyball stuff, I'm like, this guy, <laughs> really? This guy did all this? Like, <laughs> yeah. It just shows you how powerful words can be for people that are easily manipulated, right? Not even easily manipulated. Manipulated. Yeah. Because yeah. I don't even think we got to any of the hardcore stuff yet, right? Like. Hmm. I mean, he was manipulating kids at first, which, you know, they're still just kids at that point. Yeah. He's getting this chick to fall in love with him. Yeah, I think what's known about his early life lays out a pretty solid base as far as sex is concerned that he you know, has some major issues with that. That we're, We'll see how that plays out. Yeah. And next week, we'll get into ESP, all that stuff and how he f- ends up forming Nexium. And we're going to really dive into ESP next week. And fun. Yeah, I was thinking, I'm thinking we'll do like we did for Solar Temple, we'll go through the eight criteria that makes up a destructive cult and kind of give some examples for each criteria for ESP to really show that even though it's marketed or he, he built it as this MLM thing that could, you know, help change your life. It was really a destructive cult from, from yeah. day one. Looking forward to it, Ian. Looking forward to it. <laughs> okay. Um, Ian, you got anything else on part one? Anything else on uh, Keith Raniere? Nope. Nope. I think that's it for part one. Dave, you got anything else on little bottles? Little bottles? <laughs> little 10-year-old <laughs> piece of shit Keith was saying? No, it's just amazing that this all stemmed from a chance meeting regarding some backed up poo-poo. It's amazing how fate works, is it not? Just saying. Constipation led to sex trafficking. Not so. fate. I don't believe in that, but, you know, just chaos small things small chance meetings just the way it happens yeah yeah i agree you know what i will say about this i i I found this one so you know reading about it and in the future when more stuff comes out about it 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 picks from so many different cult stories it's crazy like the the scientology stuff is there we'll see next week with their their sashes that they wear around their neck they're color-coded which is pulling from the order of the solar temple He's got Nancy as his his right-hand woman, kind of like uh, Heaven's Gate with Marshall Applewhite and Bonnie Nettles. It's, it just pulls from every... Uh, it's like a greatest hits album of uh, it, it, cults. Does he have a yeah, monkey, really Ian? Does he have a monkey? No, he does not. Incidentally, though, Fortunately. He's, he's the size of a monkey. So it works out. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> this guy had it well i don't want to say he had it right because he was a terrible human being piece of shit who raped women and kids but but other than that he had it right no but what i mean is to be a cult leader like you were on pace buddy except for the fact that you start getting paranoid in part one you can't do that you got to keep your cool yeah, that's a good point people will start to see that or not <laughs> well we don't know we don't, I don't know what's to come yeah good point all right. Well, before we wrap this one up, we got some Patreon shout outs. We got some new patrons to uh, to give thanks to. So new patrons, thank you very much to Jess Beely, Glenn Slater, Amanda Adams, Bobby Lemuse, Joseph Proctor, Ray, Kevin Crenshaw, Liam Gallagher, Samantha Louise, Andrea Thompson, Brittany, Matt Yo, Be Gone Thought, Heather Frank, <laughs> Joey Barty. Dave, go out and laugh at someone's name. It's, uh, their, it's their birth name. <laughs> Joey Barty, Embedded Junkie, Zach Walls, Mackenzie Ward, Lupe Lorenis, Tyler Matledge, and Katina Newman. 
Thank you guys very much. We appreciate your support. We are at patreon.com slash Necronomapod. Somebody didn't like thoughts, huh? What's wrong with thoughts, buddy? They must be, they must be gone. <laughs> I mean, a thought's cool until you're done with her, then be gone, thought. Jesus. I don't even know what the fuck a thought is. It means that hoe over there. Does it really? Yeah. Interesting. I know my stuff. Yeah, I did not know. Learn something new every day. I don't think the kids use that term anymore, though. I think ho is out, right? Now it's back to horror because there's some holes in this house. There's some holes in this house. Um, Ian, what do you got? Shout outs. For iTunes, I have one for LOL Chris, Hepburn84, Rico512, Silverbridge Cinderella, KD Showalter, Captain Bones, and Vickily68. Thank you guys for the awesome reviews. Why, why not just one more and make it a 69? <laughs> they like to just give you blue balls, dude. They like to tease you. All right, Dave, you got any last shout outs? Anything else? No, I got nothing. Cheers. Oh, a little early on the cheers. <laughs> give, give him a double cheers. Yeah, today. Cheers. So, all right. Well, that was part one of Nexium. We got two more parts to come. So, hope you guys enjoyed. We are on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube at Necronomapod. Make sure to check out uh, the YouTube page every week after you download us on your preferred uh podcast platform uh but we will be uploading those with uh some uh, special guest introductions from friends of the show hopefully every week and then uh, all you you know fucking we'll trolls see. can leave your shitty comments like you did in the past um we also have our merchandise at amazon.com search necronomapod if you are outside of the united states you might have difficulty finding the items and or ordering them that is due to covid amazon because they are making and shipping those products they have shut down a lot of their overseas merchandise for the time being we did put in an inquiry with them there is no timeline as to when that would return um, but that is on Amazon.com. Also, check out Necronomapod.com. We have stickers and koozies available. Go check them out. The koozies guaranteed to make your beer uh, colder and taste better. Um, verified by no one, but <laughs> I think so, maybe. Uh, if you believe it, it will happen. Uh, but they're sweet koozies, and we got stickers, and we got koozie sticker combinations available there, too. So that's that's at our own website necronomapod.com and it's under the uh the merch tab so we appreciate it all right you guys ready for a cool down beer cheers